Jeff Foxworthy. He needs a new line of jokes, and I think we got the answer. I'm Martin Moyer, the host of Shout Out Patriots. With me today is Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. And today's topic is the council culture trying to turn us all into walking zombies. Blank staring, dead eye, self-censoring, mindless zombies. Let's shout out Patriots. Well, hello everybody here. So guess what? Today's my birthday. Happy birthday, Martin. Okay, thank you very much. 68 today, and today is also the birthday of Shout Out Patriots. So I'm pretty excited about it. Our very first podcast. And hey, today I'm joined by Jason Bender of Patriot Church. So give a shout out to the people who are listening in. Yeah, hey everybody. This is uh, Pastor Jason Bender and Marty. I'm just uh, very grateful to be here with you and excited about this first podcast here. It's exciting to have you on. Also joining us is my son, Michael Moyer. He is the one who is handling all the technical issues in the background. So Michael, might as well introduce yourself as well. Hello, Patriots. Probably won't be hearing much from me today, but I'll be in the background hitting buttons. You always say that, but then as, uh, you know, conversation go forward, you have more and more to pipe in about. So anyway, today we're going to start with a, a name that I think all of us are familiar with, Jeff Foxworthy. So, and we all know Jeff Foxworthy because uh, he has these great one-line jokes that always end with, you might be a redneck, right? So last week I was reading the national headlines and I actually started to laugh because the headlines seemed so ridiculous that I was like, you know, this would be a good stand-up comedic joke, you know. I read a story about how a elementary school was going to cancel Halloween because it might offend some minority students. I'm not sure how that works, but that's what they claim. I read another story where uh, People were, uh, were upset because students at a Chicago Catholic school were sitting down during a Spanish language song that they did not like. So that became wow. a racist event. You know, so I was thinking, you know, that Jeff Foxworthy could come back and instead of having you might be a redneck jokes, he could come back with you might be a racist joke if you do these things. But uh, let's start with a little bit of levity here and go over uh, some Foxworthy jokes because who knows, maybe you know some people out there are unfamiliar with his redneck uh, fame. So I want to ask you, Pastor Jason, because this is one right up your alley. If you ever made change in an offering plate, you might be a redneck. So I want to know, have you ever in your church had anyone tried to make change in the offering plate? You got any rednecks in your church that have done that? I, I can't say that I've seen that, Martin. Maybe it's happened and it, you know, I just was looking the other way, but I, I can't say that I've witnessed it myself. <laughs> so as far as you know, you don't have any as, uh, to my knowledge, yes. rednecks in your church that's uh, reaching in and changing out a, you know, a you know, $100 bill. Uh, with 99 other dollar bills that have already been placed in the offering plate. All right, so uh, Foxworthy, he also has some other classic ones, and uh, I kind of like these. If you think the Star Spangled Banner ends with, gentlemen, start your engines, you might be a redneck. That's a good one. That's a good one. How about if you met your wife at a yard sale, you might be a redneck. 
That works too. Mr. Foxworthy went years and years and years with uh, all these redneck jokes. And, uh, you know, he made, you know, himself famous and made probably quite a bit of uh, extra cash on the side with these redneck jokes. Uh, but, you know, we haven't heard many redneck jokes, at least I haven't, coming out of uh, the Jeff Foxworthy arena. So I'm thinking maybe he needs some new material. And I think the newspaper headlines themselves are providing that material for him. So how about some of these? Uh, if you sit down and refuse to dance to a Spanish song, you might just be a racist. Sounds kind of sad, doesn't it? It does, very sad. Yeah. Here's one that really gets me. If you call creatures from outer space aliens rather than ETs, you might be a racist. That was Demi Lovato, right? Demi Lovato, yeah. yeah. Where did they come up with this stuff? Because, you know, there are no aliens out there that have complained that they've been called an alien rather than an ET. Are they just sitting around now just kind of conjuring up things that they can be upset about and make people feel bad about when they talk? So, um, hold on. So, Demi Lovato had said something about E.T. being racist or oh. calling an E.T. alien a racist? I, I believe what it was, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, but she said that if you call an alien an alien, I guess because, you know, illegal immigration, you know, illegal aliens, if you call an actual alien an alien, and I, I can't even say this without laughing, <laughs> if you call an actual alien an alien, you're a racist. So, so we should call them E.T. extraterrestrial. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Do you think she has just too much time on her hands? I, I'm not even sure. What does uh, Demi Lovato, she's a singer, right? You got me. I... Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, she's a singer who's confused about her, her gender. She's non-binary. Oh, that's right. And, that's right. You know, I don't even know. But uh, yeah, these, these people do have way too much time on their hands. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really, really, it perturbs the mind. You know, it gets... The, the brain spinning and you don't even know where these things come from. So, I don't know. It's got me, but uh, okay, here's one. And this one is probably the saddest of them all. If you attend a school board meeting to complain about your daughter's rape in a gender neutral school bathroom, you might be a domestic terrorist and get arrested. So this is a real story, right? So uh, a father in Loudoun County, his name is Scott Smith, went to a board meeting and wanted to complain or let the school board know that he was highly upset that his 15-year-old daughter had been raped in a gender-neutral bathroom. But before he could get that out, he was shut down by the school board, uh, saying that this was not a topic of discussion for today. And they had him physically removed, arrested, put in jail, and as I understand it, he now has 10 days of probation for wanting to tell the school that uh, he did not like gender-neutral bathrooms and wanted to expose the fact that his 15-year-old daughter was raped. But instead, the school superintendent declared the meeting an unlawful assembly because they wanted to talk about transgender bathrooms, these parents, and they were being upset that any boy in Virginia, not just Loudoun County, but any boy in Virginia can now walk into a female bathroom without having to show any substantiating evidence that they are transgender. All they have to do is say they are and have access to that female bathroom. So a lot of parents don't like this. 
They went to the school board to complain. The school superintendent said uh, this is an unlawful assembly. And when the father tried to protest and bring up his daughter's actual rape in the uh, school, uh, he was arrested and carted off to jail. So what I'm seeing here is that the council culture is trying to do everything they can to monitor what we say, how we dress, what we produce, uh, uh, what we listen to, what we dance to. Uh, it, in that sense, what they're trying to do is turn us into walking zombies. Is that how you see it? That is, unfortunately. And, and you know, Marty, you know, it's bad enough when you talk about the shoes. It's bad enough when we talk about the statues, right? It's bad enough when we, you know, we bring up the aliens, right? Some of these things are actually comical. But then when it comes time to, we're talking about sexual assault, right? And I believe sodomy and, and fellatio, all these nasty things. And we're talking about a teenage girl. And, um, you know, for me as a father, having a, a younger girl myself, that that really angers me. You know, if they want to have you know, things in a, a tissy about shoes, okay. But, you know, if, if they're trying to throw under the rug a, a rape, you know, that, that's when we say, you know what, we're not going to have it anymore. So, yeah, the, the cancel culture right now of today's society is running rampant. And that's what we have. You know, we, we have, it, it's, it's a counterculture thing. And for us is, you know, we're here as Christians talking about these topics and we see it with a different mindset. You know, because we are counter the culture. The culture comes in and says, you know what? It's like Outback Steakhouse. It's no rules, just right. You know, we want to have no morality. We want to have no rules, no laws, no standards. And now we want to come and say, okay, you know what? We're going to allow these boys in girls' bathrooms. They can identify as whatever gender they want to. But it's it's deeper than that. You know, because it, it's not, it doesn't just stop there at, at saying, you know what, this boy can be a girl if he wants to. It's no, we're going to allow this chaos to dismantle our next generation. And that's what's happening. And then they, they literally want to harm the next generation. They, they want to confuse them. They want to throw chaos their way. And it, it's deeper than just the whole can, cancel culture. And, you know, we're going to make, make their life difficult. They want to inflict harm. Yeah. So... I'm kind of curious, where do you think all this is going to end? I mean, is there a limit to at, at what point uh, will the council culture say, okay, we made our point, uh, but I, I don't see that happening. I, I, what I see is that they're going to continue to come up with one thing after another that offends them to the point where you're not going to know how to act or what to say. Right, and and to your point, it's it's never going to end. You know, this this whole cancel culture motif has just begun and they have fun with it it's entertaining for them you know i don't know what it is they're trying to reinvent and redesign words and terms and, and all these different things and um no it, it's it's not going to end it's only just begun and um i think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg you know i remember at the the beginning stages of the pandemic. AOC had made a statement. She said, you're not going back to brunch. And she said essentially that, you know what? Normal life is never going to be back in the cards for you, America. And um, when I think about that, I, I think there's some truth to it. You know, I, I see obviously there's a, a motive there, but I don't ever see really us going back to normalcy here in this country and, and on this earth. I don't think that COVID is going away. You know, I don't think that 
you know, they're, they're gonna, there's gonna come a time where they say you don't need your quote unquote vaccine passport. You know, there's gonna come a time where I think we see that we're just overrun by this cancel culture. So we're gonna have to deal with it. We're gonna have to face it head on. We cannot be scared of it. And that's a big problem is that we've, us on this side where we, we don't uh, go along with the cancel culture, you know, we've, we've kept our mouths shut for too long and we need to oppose it but we need to be proactive because we're so much on the defensive. And um, if, if we don't do something about it, we are going to be those zombies that you alluded to. You know, we're going to have no free will, no free speech. Everything you know, that's called free is going to go away. Well, Brandeis University in Waltham, Massachusetts is now having their students put together what they call a woke vocabulary list. And they have a collection of words they do not want you to use anymore, uh, but they make some suggestions of alternative ways to say the same thing. So, rule of thumb. They do not want you to use the term rule of thumb anymore, and they want you to say general rule. Now, they object to rule of thumb because in their fanciful imagination, uh, they believe that at some point in Britain, that you were allowed to beat your wife with sticks that were no wider than your thumb. Yeah, I, I heard that about um, uh, Virginia when I was growing up, that there was a law in the books that would allow you to do something like that as well. Yeah, but it's, but it's all fake because uh, no one has ever been able to produce that particular British law. But it doesn't matter. See, it doesn't matter whether it existed or it didn't exist. Just the fact that they think it might have exist, it's enough for them to say, we don't want you to use the term rule of thumb anymore. This one, the next one really baffles me. They don't want you to use the term wife beater anymore. And I could sit here probably for weeks, days on end, and you will never guess what they want you to substitute that with. So I'm not even going to put the challenge out there. I'm just going to tell you what it is because it makes no sense at all. They want you to use the word term white ribbed tank top. Well, that's a mouthful. That's a, it is. <laughs> they, they don't want it to be a birthing person shirt. Yeah. I, I, you would think so, right? But anyway, that made no sense to me at all. I, I have white one of those ribbed white ribbed tank, tank tops underneath my shirt. Well, you're almost wearing something like that today, uh, you know, and uh, people who are watching this can actually see you got a, you know, white t-shirt on. It's not and they might think top. I'm a racist because I have a white t-shirt on. Oh, they so. might think you're a white beater according to this, right? So... You know, people are going to be fearful wearing a white ribbed tank top uh, because that might say you're a white beater. I don't know. I don't understand. If it's a, a black undershirt, do you have to call it now a black ribbed tank top or is it still a white rib? <laughs> you know, where, where, do, where do we, and that's the point that we're making here, Marty, right? Where, where does this thing I, end? That's about, I, I want people to understand that because uh, when I read the, when I wake up every morning, and I spend the first hour and a half of my day reading through the news. And I don't know most people don't have time to do that, but they're not running a national organization that will require them to stay on top of the news. But I'm like, people really don't know everything that's going on. They hear tidbits, they see something on Facebook, but if they actually saw the progression of where things are going and how deep it has now infiltrated and is taking over this country, they would be as shocked as I am. All right, so they don't want you to use the word crazy anymore. Anyone want to guess what they want you to substitute that with? 
I'm I'm at a loss for words. It, it's just crazy. You know, it's crazy. Let's it's, let's hear it. Uh, that's bananas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, anyway, so that's what these college kids want you to substitute crazy with. That's bananas. Wow. And they don't want you to use the term no can do. They want you to say, sorry, I can't. So because, what was wrong? Okay, I guess you're getting to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so what's wrong with no can do? Well, it pokes fun at Indians because it makes you... It, they were thinking that Indians used the term no can do, right? Or something like that, I guess. So that, uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but. Don't, you can't say crazy, Marty. Oh, that's Please. right. That, hey, excuse me. Mike, we're going to have to edit that one <laughs> that's, out. That's bananas. Now. Yeah. So, uh, so if we continue down what has transpired just this week, here are some songs that people want to head toward the chopping block. So we got Summer Nights, a song by, sung by the cast of Grease, with the lyrics, tell me more, tell me more, did she put up a fight? Okay, so they, they don't like that one for its obvious reasons, but should it be canceled? Should it be canceled, Pastor? Here's the thing, you know, we, you're bringing up these vocabulary words that these college kids want to use, and we'll get to that, that song in a moment, but it, it's all that there's an offense now, right? Everything offends us, right? The undershirt that I'm wearing, if I use the wrong terminology for it, and trust me, I try to stay away from that term because, you know, it, it can be derogatory. Growing up, I, I'd always say wife beater, you know, as, as the undershirt, you know, there's no connotation as far as beating your wife, but everything in society now offends us. And on, on college campuses now, we create these safe spaces right? Where, where we're in our safe zone, where no one can come in and use these words that offend us that are of the unwoke terminology. So I see nothing wrong with that song right there. You know, that's, that's one of those sock hop songs, right? Yeah. Back, yeah, hop, right. yeah. I mean, we could, we, maybe we can play that during the break, Mike. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I kind of like that one. I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but uh, I think the term white beater is actually slang for an actual T-shirt. I when I saw when I read this, I thought they meant really a wife beater, a a man beating his wife. That's not what they were referring to. They were referring to a yeah. So it's it's this actual undershirt. It's like a tank top. That's that called I'm, a wife beater. Yeah. I, well, when did that come about? How did I, I miss that? You know what? I've been know. I've been wearing these things for years growing up. Did when you know I, that, Michael? Yeah, I knew it. No, oh, yeah. you did. That's what it yeah. Oh, see, that's why I was really confused. How that? No, yeah, yeah. Could have and, and you know, gr beer. growing up before I I became a a believer of Christ, you know, all I did was go in the gym, so I wanted to show off my muscles. So I'd walk, I'd go to the mall in a in a wife beater. And I'd say, you know, I'm going to go put on my wife beater so I can show off my muscles. And I was referring to the tank top. Oh. So now they have a problem with, with that terminology, just like they have a problem with that song that you just mentioned. Okay. And the problem and, was is women actually thought that that wife beater looked good. Right, <laughs> exactly. That's how I got my, my wife, who I don't beat. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that song, though, you know, so now, because here's the problem with all this. There's no objective thinking in this world anymore right it's all subjective it's what does that term mean to you what does it mean to me like you said you go back to the terms that we use there's no backing for it but you know what we come in and we grab it and we take we run with it and now everyone thinks that that needs to be an official thing that we we dismiss this term so it's all subjective and when we go to that song right let's go to that song put did she put up a fight how do you define fight? Is it a gunfight? 
are we is it a food fight in the cafeteria is it a just a small argument you know but now it's it's has this extreme measure did she put up a fight okay we're gonna put up a fight and we're gonna shut that song down it's it's nonsensical and you know, I actually thought that that part of the song was talking about her being hard to get. Not really. Did you have to? Yeah, rape that's her? a good point. That's probably <laughs> what they meant. Now, this song by ABBA is on the chopping block. Do they know it's Christmas? That's the name of the song. And the lyric that they find offensive is, and there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. That's what they find offensive about that song. Wow. And... The reason why is because some article out there has called this song the most culturally insensitive Christmas song of all time for being paternalistic. So, you know, do they know it's Christmas in Africa because there's no snow there, right? And uh, somehow that is paternalistic and it's uh, their version of a white supremacist uh, lyric and they want that one banned. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas in 1974. I saw that coming. Yeah, you did? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I guess I, you know, as much as I try to understand this, I, I guess part of me doesn't really want to believe that these songs can be on the chopping block for, you know, because if they do that, are you going to have someone out there? I mean, how many songs have been written over the you know last 50 years are people going to really go through the lyrics of every single song out there and to find something, not just you know the meaning of the song, but a line in the song is enough to shut down that entire song? I mean, who's got time for this? I guess you know the woke left has time for it because it looks to me like some of these things, uh, uh, someone's taken an awful lot of time to figure this stuff out. Uh, Lola, sung by the Kinks. Why she walked like a woman but talked like a man that's considered transphobic now of course if that's transphobic then walk like a man sung by the four seasons has got to be its own problem too right it must be that walk like a man talk like a man walk like a man my son uh elvis presley his song in the ghetto is on the chopping block yeah because it has a white savior mentality of uh you know, uh, uh, African-American black kids growing up in the ghetto, trying to get out only to end up back in the ghetto. And they need the white man to come in and save them. So they don't want people to hear that song because it promotes white people as saving black people. And the white, the white privilege there, right? You, you oh. can see the undertones of the white privilege. Yeah, so now here's one that was probably obvious just in the title of the song. Tammy Wynette's Stand By Your Man. <laughs> they didn't have to go searching through the lyrics very long to find why they would be objective. Was that man wearing a white beater? What's he wearing a white beater? Yeah. It's going to take you know some of those artists and record labels to file suit, to speak up, to oppose these people trying to cancel them. Because like we said before, cancel culture is not going to go away. They're going to look to cancel everything that opposes their ideology and here's the funny thing about all this i'm sure if we went through some uh pop songs hip-hop rap all the the pop culture songs of the day there would be a lot of stuff that offends us right that talks right. about fornication and rape and drugs and you know all, all these crazy things and but 
these people who are canceling these songs have no problem with those songs. See, once it goes against their ideology, then we have to cancel them. So you're saying they're hypocritical? That's got to be shocking, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, big, <laughs> big shocker there. Well, anyway, um, there are a lot of crazy stories uh, this past week, but uh, here's one that uh, I think is just tops them all. So uh, a student by the name of Peter Frey Witzer, he attends an $80,000 a year college uh, in Ohio, Oberlin College. You heard about it? Yeah. Okay. So he wrote an op-ed for his campus newspaper, the Oberlin Review. Now, what he is upset about is that the school... It's hard to say I haven't, I haven't heard this, so you got me in suspense. <laughs> He's upset that the school was installing radiators into his college dorm, okay. and uh, he felt that this was a violation of his safe space. Now, the reason why is because the people who installed it were cisgender men. In other words, what we would normally call heterosexual men. He felt that heterosexual men had no place to be in the Baldwin College dorm room. See, and the thing was is that it hadn't been installed by the time he wrote this. He's just assuming that the people that are going to install it are... No, I think, I think it was installed because I think in his columns he, he wrote that... Uh, uh, he got an email from the school within, uh, and was told that within the next 24 hours, uh, these uh, installers were to come out and put a radiator into these dorms and to be prepared. So he was first upset over the short notice. And then he was upset that when they arrived that all the men were cisgender men and that that was violating his safe space. So let me read a quote. He says, I was angry scared. He was scared and confused. Why didn't the college complete the installation over the summer when the building was empty? Uh, because that particular dorm has been designated a safe space. So how, how is a cisgender man, in other words, a heterosexual man walking into a dorm now no longer a safe space? for college students. I, I, and to I, be clear, to be clear, I think when I read the article, it said that um, it was the second and third uh, level in that dorm was a safe space. So the first level, a regular white guy could walk in, but any level above that or the second and third level, they yeah, were second, not third, allowed to go. Fourth levels, they, they were not allowed to go if you were, and not necessarily a white man, but a cisgender right. man of, of any particular race at all. So we're, we're actually training college students to actually have fear of a man who identifies with the sex at birth, that this is somehow now scary to people. And it's not just some wacko kid who ratted this out to a friend of his, it actually made the campus newspaper as an op-ed. Wow, so that would mean that the campus editorial staff thought that this student was making a very good point that had to be published so that uh, I guess the school could be uh, humiliated and shamed 
by invading this guy's safe space with these, I guess, dangerous men, but only dangerous because they identified with the sex that they were born with that God gave them. Well, Marty, thank you for uh, defining what cisgender is because I'm not even familiar with that term. I guess we're all, I guess, what's that? I've heard it a bunch, but I, yeah. And then once again, you know, where, where do these terms come from? Right. Um, You know, we're, we're some, some straight white men here who identify as how we were born, like you said, but I, you know, look, I have several points to make on this matter. First of all, I feel really bad for, for this generation that's growing up that says, I can't allow someone who's not like me, someone who identifies as a man, someone who just likes women, right? Doesn't like every sex and animal, you know, whatever crazy things go through people's heads. So I, I really feel for these people because they're living in this sheltered world where they want everything just given to them and they want to throw white privilege at us, but they're privileged, right? Let's be honest. He, he can, you know, be sissified going at a, a, a cisgender man and then get this as an editorial, as an op-ed in his college paper. It, it's just, it's crazy. And then, you know, in addition to that, you know, we're, they're coming at us because they think that we're racist, that we're the derogatory ones. But how racist and how derogatory and prejudiced is that? You know what, he was, the, these men were just coming in there as workers to help out the building, right? For the betterment of the building and the college and the campus, right? To help and you the out. Students. To help, yeah, to help you out, young man. But now they're the wrong gender. They, they like the wrong sex. They shouldn't identify as just one, you know, whatever, whatever they're thinking. And now that's the most racist, prejudiced thing that you can do. And, you know, you have the college, the, you know, principal administrator whoever is hopping on board the editor saying this is a great story let's run with this so yes people have way too much time on their hands and we need to get out of fantasy land yeah we do i just don't know what is being told to these kids growing up nowadays that would get them to a place where look this happens long before they get to college right they didn't just walk into college with these crazy ideas they had to get it from their school before they went to college and so uh, we're seeing this being played out in schools across the nation that are producing these children. And it's even going to get worse now, right, with critical race theory uh, sweeping right. through school exactly. systems, where children are going to be afraid of anybody that does not fall into a particular category, which I think they refuse to define what that is. Uh, but they're conditioning people to know who they don't want to be like and how dangerous these other people are. But, you know, in the end, who are you? What what are you? You know, I'm not even sure that they can answer that question themselves. What am I? You know, uh, you know, I, am I cisgender? If I am cisgender, does that mean I'm now dangerous to other people who are not cisgender? Well, Marty, look, to have that mentality, there there's something serious going on in in your head. So... I think instead of allowing that person to get his op-ed published, he needs some serious counseling. You know, there, there's something seriously wrong in the minds of our young people. And what we're doing is we're basically saying, okay, there's this problem and we're just adding fuel to the fire. So, you know, this kid's probably 18, 20 years old. 
what's going to happen when he's 25, 30 years old. It's just going to get worse and worse. Instead of us saying, you know what, there is a problem here, and we want to provide this this young man who's you know who who has no idea what's going on in this world. We want to provide him with some assistance and some help. But yeah, you, you can almost see that he's going to get out of college, try to find a job, and when he gets a job, he's going to ask his employer where the safe place is in that building, where he can go, because now he's got a job and he's going to be around uh, perhaps other men, more than likely other men who are cisgender, and he's going to be totally unprepared for life because basically life means you're going to be around what they call cisgenders and you're not going to have a safe place to run to when you're at work. So what are these kids going to do? You got to feel sorry for them, right? Um, so uh, what do you think, Jason? Uh, is there a Bible scripture that can help, you know, Christians kind of apply their Christianity to situations such as this? Well, Marty, when I think about, you know, we're talking about cancel culture here today. We're talking about that is is the cancel culture going to turn us all into zombies, right? And cancel culture really is nothing new. You know, if you look in the book of Acts, you look at Acts 4, and you see Peter and John, they were faced with the cancel culture of their day, right? So the, uh, the Sadducees said, you know what, whatever miracles you're doing in the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to shut that down. We're going to send you to prison. We're going to tell you that you can't speak the name of Jesus Christ and they said look whatever you want to do you know whether you think it's right before man or before God that's your choice but we're not going to stop speaking Jesus Christ in the gospel and then you look further a couple chapters later Acts 6 Acts 7 you see Stephen Stephen once again he was opposed with the cancel culture of his day and you had the people there in in the synagogue they also tried to shut him down they brought false witnesses, false allegations, right? Same thing that we're seeing today. Um, you know, they would call him probably an insurrectionist at the time, right? They would call him a, a domestic terrorist. So cancel culture has always existed, but now we have this terminology and now we need to change all the terms that have been defined for, for centuries, right? And now we have a, a woke dictionary. And, you know, my last point, when we look at the scriptures, you see this case of Jesus, you know, healing people and bringing demons out of people. And you had the religious leaders at the time saying, you, you're not doing that in the name of God. You're actually doing that in the name of Beelzebul. And that was actually saying, you know what? You're bringing out demons in the name of Satan. And that's when Jesus said, he said, look, if a house is divided against itself, a house will not stand, right? So Jesus there was being, you know, called a blasphemer. Jesus was being defamed right there, you know? So when I think about it, yeah, they can throw names against us. Sticks and stones will break my bones, right? We, we've, we've all heard that. We, we heard that growing up. But, uh, you know, I, I know for us, as we look at it, that's why we need thick skin, because we're living here, if we're Christians, if we're born again believers filled with the Spirit of God, we're living in a culture that hates us, right? And Jesus said it best. He said, look, this world hated me first. If you're going to be my follower, going to be my disciple, this world will hate you. So if you're a Christian listening on this line right now, just know the world will hate you. You will be canceled. But I have good news. The moment that you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were canceled. Why? Because you said, you know what? My old man is gone. I'm a new creation in Christ. And hallelujah, 
I'm done with my sin. I'm trying to walk in holiness. And now there's nothing that the world can do to touch me or cancel me. They can come at me. They can send allegations, right? We, we get hate mail all the time, right? right? But, but if that was going to detract us, then man, am I really saved? Do I get this? Am I a disciple of Jesus Christ? So cancel culture has always been prevalent. It just has a, a new name. You know, it, it maybe it may have a bigger branding behind it. Um, it's got some some big players in the background and some corporations, and um, you know if you oppose it, but you better look to to potentially be canceled. I'm wondering for the listeners out there, how do you feel about this? You know, have you been a victim of the cancel culture in any way? Have you have you run into this at your job, at your school? Uh, perhaps you run into the same problem at church. I know some people have. Uh, but the pastor gave us uh, some great examples of how biblical characters handled the cancel culture in the past. I want to hear from people out there. So email me at uh, shoutoutpatriots at christianaction.org. That's shoutoutpatriots at christianaction.org. Put episode 101 in the subject headline so we know what episode that you're referring to. And I hope in future broadcasts that we can read some of those comments uh, during our podcast and other people can hear what your thoughts are and uh, give you a bit of an opportunity to voice your opinion because I think we want to hear it. We want to hear what people out there are thinking, uh, how they feel, and more importantly, perhaps how they're responding to uh, you know personal uh, attacks against them by the council culture. And so let us know that. Uh, Pastor Jason, I really appreciate you coming on. Now, Pastor Jason's going to be a regular guest of ours. We hope to see him here every time that we do one of our podcasts. But he is a pastor, and you know what a life of a pastor is like. Uh, Perhaps a lot of people don't. uh, But if you've been around one uh, long enough, you know that uh, they're always running from one emergency to to another. And it's a job I don't want. Uh, He probably doesn't want my job either, but, you know, I certainly do not want his. Um... Uh, but uh, we appreciate what the pastor does and that sometimes he might not be able to make it out to the show, but we hope he's on on all of our episodes. So thanks for coming. And uh, Mike's thanks for uh, your technical work in the background. And uh, you did pipe in at the end. See, you, you, you did get more vocal as it went on. So I think people appreciate what you had to say. Martin, so, thank, thank you so much for having me, Martin. This was fun. I like this. So that's a wrap for us for today. So uh we're going to be looking forward to episode 102. I got some ideas uh, about what it might be. Right now, I'm kind of thinking about the scripture that commands the very first uh, series of commandments God gave us as human creatures, and that is to subdue the earth. So what does that mean? And what does that mean for Christians? Do we still go along with subduing the earth? Or have we abandoned that? Because... uh, we think God wants us to separate ourselves from the earth. Anyway, this should be interesting. an interesting topic interesting. between me and the pastor because I have my views on it. He probably has his views. We'll see whether or not uh, you know we get along or we you know bring out the boxing gloves and start attacking each other and see who subdues who here <laughs> on the earth. So, but anyway, I uh, hope that's our next topic. But you know, uh, who knows what will happen between now and next week in this crazy world? Something else may import more important may pop up. You so, never know. You never, you never know. know. All right, that's a wrap for us. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in.